Hello, my friends. Brett Patterson coming at you from the financial capital of the West Salt Lake City, Utah. Joined by the big fellow, the chairman. How you doing, Brett? I'm great. Good. I am doing great, and it has been a f- crazy fun market, Brian. That's what we're <laughs> going to talk about today. Some people wouldn't agree with you on that one. Most people wouldn't. In fact, I think you're the only one I know that would say that. <laughs> Uh, well, let's talk about the market because uh, that we've. I, I do know, and I'll start out with this. There's a, a a fear metric that is published on CNN's money website. It's called the Fear and Greed Index, and yesterday it hit 25, which is extreme fear. During COVID, it hit three, and that's the lowest I've ever seen it. But 25, that's extreme fear. And I know people listening, some of them have that extreme fear, right? They, they're, they're nervous of what's happening in the market. So let's talk about what we're doing, what they should do, and, and where we're at, and what does history tell us. Okay. But let's start out with the S&P 500. Uh, it is, it, it's certainly in correction mode. It was down as much as 14.75%. The Nasdaq. Now that was during. That was the yesterday. Low. The lows yep. of yesterday. That okay. was the open yesterday. Okay. And the Nasdaq was down twenty-two percent. Now we'll talk about what happened yesterday and what's happening today, and and we'll talk about that in a minute. But down down almost fifteen percent, down twenty-two percent. If you look under the hood of the Nasdaq, oh, it's a lot worse than that. It's a lot worse. You've yeah. had Apple and Amazon not go down too far. But there's stocks that are down 50, 60, 70%. A lot of them. Right. So bear market in the in the NASDAQ. Especially if you own some of those smaller to mid, mid-sized companies in the NASDAQ. The valuations got crazy last year. We talked about this last week. But um, valuations have, I, I think, been really extreme on in a lot of companies. And uh, not I don't feel that way in the companies we own. And uh, that's why we're seeing a, 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 this big correction in valuations in these smaller, mid-sized kind of growth companies. But a lot of them don't have a lot of earnings. So very high multiples, price to sales, price to earnings, whatever you want to look at, they look they look pretty expensive. Okay, so I'm adding something to my list. Let's talk about this list based on what you just said. Why is the market down and, and why, why are we in a correction or in the, in the NASDAQ a bear market? And there's there's three things that I thought of, and you just added a fourth to me, which I which should be on the list. First thing is war, right? And we're not going to sit here and say that we're experts on Ukrainian and Russian. <laughs> you know, we're not. <laughs> we're not. I'm not getting into that. And I've seen people on CNBC that think they are, and it just they're not. No one knows what's going to happen. No one knows what's in the mind of a crazy man. You just don't know. Right, so so war is the first thing. Inflation would be the second. Uh, high inflation. We've talked about that at length many times on this podcast. Debt. The country is in debt, and that's freaking people out. That worries a lot of people. And then sure. the final thing, and I want to come back to debt, but the final thing that you just mentioned, which we've also talked about on this podcast, is the bubble. I mean, some of these valuations were just insane. Valuations are cr- crazy in a lot of places in the market and those were bubbles Mm -hmm. and so that's been popped and that's healthy right war is not healthy 
but a bubble popping in these companies being brought back to life to where they should be, it is healthy. Yeah. And we don't need to do you have something to say on it? Well, are we going to talk about that more in detail, or do we want to talk about that now? We're, let's just, let's go to debt. Okay. Tell I'll, me your thoughts on debt, and let's come back to the bubble. So, debt uh, studies show that high levels of debt um, in very you know this goes back. They've studied in hi- history, looking at companies that are hi- countries that have have high levels of debt, generally have slower uh, GDP growth, and uh, but. What we've seen over the last couple of years, this this uh, huge increase in the U.S. debt, uh, that that has been inflationary. And then we've had supply chain issues because of COVID and, and those sort of things. And I think the combination of those two things, we're seeing high inflation. Um, that's the result of the debt. That's the result and of the some de- of the supply chain issues and really the supply issues that we've had. Yeah. I don't think uh, investors should sitting you know think worry about uh the u.s debt or the u.s the government's the, you know, we're going to default on our debt i just don't think that's um like in fact i don't it's 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 pretty much a zero um probability that the u.s is going to default on their debt so people shouldn't lose any sleep um th- worrying about debt that's just not something. And the reason why is the U.S. government prints our own currency and issues our own debt in our own currency. So they have a printing press. And when they need to make payments, they can issue more debt. <laughs> Some would argue that's the problem. Well, that is the problem. But it's not the problem is not that it's not we're, we're not going to default on our debt yeah. because of that. The problem is there's other negative consequences by doing inflation that inflation being one of them but it's not um it's not default that's yeah. not that's not the problem so it's more of of creating a high inflationary because that debt in large part especially when the the treasury the fed starts buying assets that creates um growth right which has got to end at some point right Right. And that's why we're seeing a correction right now. And it sounds like I've, I'm being a little bit contradictory because studies, his, historical studies show that high levels of debt, we have slower GDP growth, but we're not seeing that right now. So, you know, I, I'm not sure how yeah. we explain that, you know, our current situation. I think some of that has to do with d- supply, supply disruptions and those sort of things. But And the bond market, if you look at the bond market, um, we see the 30-year at 2 I don't know exactly what the, the it's it's less than three yeah. percent. The ten years at two percent today. Um, I think if the bond market, you know, the bond investors believe that that our inflation situation that we're in right now was going to be would last five or ten years, we would see interest rates significantly higher. We'd see, I don't know, you know, maybe five or six or seven percent. Yeah, the uh, bond market has been pretty stable. A thirty-year treasury, which is a good forecast to right. to what could come. So the bond market doesn't believe that that inflation is here long yeah. term. Which generally, bond investors and bond traders are the smartest guys in the room. Generally, I mean they're they're pretty smart. Except you, their product stinks. <laughs> I'm just kidding. No, but I'm kidding. They are smart. Yeah, really smart. We don't hate. <laughs> Let me just, since you brought it up, we don't hate bonds. 
Um, we just don't like them right now. That's a fair statement. Because in the future we may. Listen, when I when I was in the '90s, when I when I started in this industry in 1989, and we saw that I think the ten year was at six or seven percent. I don't know, it, but it was in that neighborhood, six or seven yeah. percent ten year, ten year Treasury that's yield. That's not bad. That's, and at that price, that's actually uh, very attractive. And so if we saw interest rates move to six or seven percent, that's going to be competition for stocks. A lot of investors say, oh, gosh, I can get 6 or 7% in risk-free government bonds. Why would I put my money at risk in owning stocks? So I think valuations would come down if we saw yeah. significantly higher interest rates. And we'll, we'll adjust at that point and talk about why we would adjust. Yeah, so it's yep. not that we hate bonds. We just don't like them right now, period. Yep. Um, Generally. And if, a, and if a client has bonds in their portfolio and wants to talk about it, call us. More than happy to talk about it. Hey, one of the best investments i've ever made in in my career was in a, was a was bonds so i so in the in the in uh, 2008 <laughs> and 2009 high yield bonds were trading at 17 18% yields that's pretty good and i we bought some of those and over the next two or three years we did incredibly well one of the best investments i've ever made in my career so i don't hate bonds guess what you got to get paid, though. The only thing I've ever tried to do with bonds is short them. <laughs> and guess what? I've never made money on it. It's no. such a hard trade. Anyway, yeah. that's, that's debt. And, and look, the reality is we're pretty fiscally conservative here. We don't like debt. We don't like our country being in debt. So we have to get this problem under control sooner rather than later, for sure. Yeah. But from debt being a huge catastrophic event for this country, we just don't see that in the in the future. Right. And, uh, I mean, there, there are negative consequences, and we'll see how this plays out with, you know, the level of debt we have. One of the things we used to talk about after the financial crisis is, well, one of our ways to get out of this debt situation is to deflate our currency <laughs> or inflate our currency and uh, inflate our way out of debt. And, and that's kind of what we're doing right now. Um, inflation, you, you know, you think about buying a home 30 or 40 years ago and a home that now costs $300,000, maybe costs $10,000 30 years ago or yeah. you know, something like that. That's inflation. Yep. So one of the ways we get out of this situation is inflation. We do, we, we do want some inflation, but not, not 7% or 8%. Last thing on debt. It's relative to the income that's coming in as well, and people forget that. This country has, I mean, is generating in taxes more than it ever has. And so you have to look at debt within that prism as well. A loan for me, you know, a $500,000 loan for me is not a big deal. A $500,000 loan for a dude making twenty grand, that's a big deal. Right. Right. It's all debt relative to your income. Yep. And uh, the bank's going to, if you go in for a loan, the bank's going to talk to you about your income. Well, there is no country in the world that has more, has more ability to take on debt than the United States. There's, there's nobody. We are the, we are the strongest uh, house on the block. And uh, we have more ability to service debt than any other country in the world, without a doubt. And, uh, so it's always, you have to look at debt relative to GDP, mm -hmm. not just in, you know, people look at 
the United States debt and say, gosh, it's, it's huge, but it's, it's all relative. Yep. It's relative exactly. to the strength of our economy. We have the strongest economy in the world. And uh, people that, you know, complain about the U.S., well, you know, where, where, would you, where, where do you want to go that's any better? There's not a place better in the world than the United States. And uh, even though we have our problems. Yep. Plenty of them. Got a few weeds in the front yard, but, hey, we'll pull those soon. Yeah. <laughs> All right. That's war, inflation, debt, and, and we've talked about the bubble before and these assets coming back to reality, essentially. But let's go back to war for a second here. And we're not going to be war, um, you know, war experts because we're not. But yesterday in the market, that was Thursday, we opened down 3% on the news that Russia had invaded Ukraine, which they had. The market was down 3%. And I'm talking about the NASDAQ, but a little over 3%. We finished positive 3% on the day. I've never experienced that intraday range. It hadn't happened since 2000. As a trader, I've never experienced that. That was insane. Why did that happen? I think it was 6.8% swing in one yeah. day in the NASDAQ. It's and today we're up another 1.5%, somewhere in there, depending upon when you look at the from the <laughs> From market. the high to low. Yeah. I think there's a couple of reasons for that. Well, besides, uh, you know, maybe news coming out of the Ukraine and Russia and those sort of things. I think that's – there was news coming out of there out yep. of, that probably – turned that around but the other reason why that i think why we saw stocks rebound so strongly is we have a really strong economy i mean our economy is doing very well right now and if if it looked like that our economy was going into a slowdown or recession or something like that then i think you we may not see a bounce like that and uh, so there are a lot of good fundamentals about this about our economy and, and businesses in general and uh, the other day, you and I and Spencer were talking about, you know, about we were texting it uh, the night that that uh, futures were getting crushed, right? Yeah. Futures were getting yep. crushed, and Russia, it, you know, Putin, Putin had declared war and invasion on Ukraine. Yep. And uh, Spencer says it looks like we may be in for a long slog, and I and I said, well, you know, we got a really strong economy. Yeah, you did. And uh, now I didn't know we were going to bounce. I mean, the market, you know, I had no idea. Yeah, you did. <laughs> but, that, I mean, that's the backdrop that we're in. We have a really strong economy. I don't, it doesn't look like there's a recession on the horizon, at least in the near term. Of course, there's always a recession sometime down the road where, where we slow down. But it doesn't look like that right now. And the speed at which the market moves is so fast now. I mean, during COVID, we saw that. We saw that yesterday as well. And in this sell-off, this correction, we've seen it. The speed of the market is insane with all the algorithms and everything happening. But on that third, uh, Wednesday night, before when we saw futures down, we also had a conversation. And this, this goes to what are we doing right now, right? The, the market's volatile. It's corrected. What are we doing for clients right now? And we had a discussion saying, hey, let's sell these few slow growth names and buy some stocks that have just been hammered that are trading at such good prices. And so we've done a lot of rebalancing to portfolios based on what we've, you know, the opportunity that we've had in this correction. Yeah, we, uh, in fact, 
we we sold some of our you you could say maybe in the category of value stocks. Yeah. And a lot of people would categorize them in maybe more of a value type name. Blue chippers. Blue chip value type name. Yeah. And we bought more of our a growth type of investment. But that's not how we look at a company. We don't look at it. That's a value stock. That's it. They're all values. It's all, you know, what you get when you buy a business. Um, it's what you get in return that makes that a, an attractive investment or not. And so you, but part of that calculation is the growth of that business, the, the forecasted or, you know, the outlook on that business. And so when we looked at some of these, some of our companies that uh, we like, they're good businesses, but they just weren't as good of a value proposition as another company, you know, some other companies in our portfolio. And so we allocated a little bit more money to these ideas that we feel like will give us better return going forward yep. than this so-called we'll value name. We'll see what happens. But we, value, we look smart right now, but the market might not be done going down. Yeah. <laughs> we might look dumb in a week. We're, we're more about uh, where are we going to look, what's it going to look like three years from yep. now? Amen. And what else have we been doing in this volatility? Uh, I've made 39 option trades this year. I probably made that all of last year, right? So the volatility provides opportunities, not only for rebalancing portfolios, but also for income opportunities as well. So do you get time and a half on uh, your pay? Yes. Are you? Okay. Yes. Yes, I do. Okay. (laughs) Open that checkbook, chairman. All right. I love it. Um, so let's talk to, uh, let's talk to the retired people that are listening because we, they, they, they don't have money coming in anymore. What do retired folks need to be doing in any correction? What should they do? Hopefully they don't have to do anything during the correction. They've, they've already taken care of it before. And and that's why we want to make sure that before there's any sort of correction, that there's enough liquidity on the sidelines to to uh, uh, fulfill their income needs over the next several years. You don't want to be you don't want to be thinking about it during the correction. You you hopefully you've already planned ahead yep. and done something about that. And that's what we try to do for our clients who are in retirement. They're not they don't have income coming in. They don't have a lot of money on the sidelines. They need on the sidelines to put into the market. They they have money on the sidelines. Hopefully enough money to, to for their income needs for the next several years. But that's what that's for. It's not to be putting back in the market. And so hopefully we've planned ahead. They've planned ahead and they don't have to do anything. To, you know, that what they should do is do nothing, hopefully. And they that's because they've planned ahead. Yep, and still get their income. Right. Yeah, absolutely. That has to take place. You plan for the bad times during the good times. Yep. And that's what we've done for retired clients. So retired clients, it, you just relax. Is that fair to say? <laughs> probably easier said than done. <laughs> no, but, yeah, for sure. Probably easier for said. For sure. Than, yeah. Those that are not retired, get your cash ready. Start buying, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, again, we don't know where the bottom is. We just don't know. We're looking out three years from now, three, five years from now, and I do think there's some attractive ideas out there when you look at it in from a uh, you know, three, five-year window. But, uh, again, we don't know what the next six months, the next, what's going to happen tomorrow. We have no idea, but I feel pretty good about, you know, 
these are there are some good opportunities out there if you're looking out if you're a long-term investor especially the businesses that we've been buying yeah we yeah, we like absolutely. our we love our portfolio of companies so we have no idea what's going to happen in the future we believe this is a correction we might you know it it, it well bear market i i dis i i when you say we have no idea what's going to happen in the future we don't in the in the short term well and <laughs> actually you're right we don't know what's going to happen in the future but i feel there's a high probability that the investments we're making today will be good investments looking, you know, three, five years, in the rearview mirror in three, five years yes. from now. Yes. I feel there's a high probability, but that's, that's not certain clarity. We, we, you know, we think there's a high probability, and, uh, but there's, there's never guarantees in Well, this it's business. like COVID. We started buying 10% down, and then 15, and then 20, and then 25, and then 30, and then... 35, right? I mean, you just keep buying. You never know what's going to end. So you just got to keep taking advantage of the opportunities when they come. Yeah. And, and I, we could we could mistime it by 5%, 10%. And you know what? COVID was like a really short window of an opportunity. Yeah. Um, during 08 and 09, that lasted a year and a half, two years. And, uh, you know, down, down, down. It just kept going down, yep. down, down. And I remember – just buying a little bit, thinking one of these days this thing's going to turn. One, around. Of, these one of these days that speaks to the speed of the market now. But yeah. so let's let's talk to all those that are afraid. Let's look at history. What has history shown us when a correction takes place? Is the advice that we're telling those that are retired and those that are not retired is it sound based on history? Okay, so the average, and this is looking back to 1980. I think there's 33 uh, corrections here. And and some are bear markets actually. Uh, yep, there are bear markets here. So so this is bear market. Def- define bear market and correction. To me, it all feels like a bear market, especially right. when you're talking to a client. Okay, what's a bear market? Correction down ten percent. Bear market down twenty percent. Okay. Okay. Some say intraday. Some say closing. I don't care. You know what? It all feels terrible. Right. Okay. The one year following a correction or bear market. The S&P 500 has averaged, and this is from the lows, has averaged 24.8%. Two years, uh, averaged 37.4%. Of the 33, there's been four times in history that the S&P has been down after two years. So the probabilities are on our side that things are going to be looking a lot better in two years than they are now. Yeah. And I, why would, you know, why is that? You know, why is it that the market just keeps chugging ahead? It just keeps, it's a, it's a train and it just keeps moving forward, moving forward. And, you know, the, the statistics just show you that the reason why is, I mean, it's the anti, it's the anti-gravity of economic um, manpower and the growth of ingenuity, ingenuity, yep. and and uh, the, just so great about this the, country. The growth of our economy and capitalism. Um, you just you just can't stop that train. And uh, if you look at over the last fifty years, I have a great spreadsheet that shows the S and P five hundred, all the data on the S and P five hundred earnings, inter, you know, interest rates and. And uh, it's not just those bond guys that are smart. Brian's got a spreadsheet. <laughs> yeah. It it is a really cool spreadsheet, and um, but it just shows that yes, 
there are times where the economic engine of the United States, uh, our economy, slows down or maybe even even declines a little bit. Yeah. But it's but it just builds. It just keeps building. It's like this you know it's like this uh, rubber band that gets stretched and then it just snaps back the other way. Because underlying, the, you know, there's there's millions and millions of people here in the U.S. and, and globally that are working to improve their lives and imp- improve, you know, their businesses and and uh, you just can't stop that engine. It's it's gonna it's gonna rebound, and so that's why every correction ever that we've ever seen in the history of the U.S. you know financial markets is just a t- it's a temporary it's correction. It's always temporary. There's a guy out there by the name of Jer- Jeremy Grantham, and he's big on on all the news and all, you know. He's a doom and gloom guy saying the market's going to crash. This is going to be the next biggest crash. I've had a couple clients forward that to me. And, uh, and you know, I, we don't know if there's going to be a crash or anything. Is that like dude that. selling something? I, I don't know. Selling a product? I, I don't Actually, I don't know. Yeah, probably. I, I don't know what he is. But I've listened to his stuff. And, and uh, I would I – just, it just doesn't, it doesn't affect me. I, I think – you got to remember that we have this incredible economy. These businesses are growing year by year, and uh, yeah. any any little downturn is going to be a temporary one. Yep. Now maybe I sound naive and you know too optimistic, but that's absolutely well, what I believe. And and we'll round out with this thought. Hey, I've heard the four things that we talked about: war, inflation, debt. You know, we're in a bubble. I've heard people in financial media say that's never happened before. This time is different. And I go back to Sir John Templeton's quote. The four most dangerous words of investing are this time is different. Mm -hmm. We're going to play the probabilities, and we're pretty confident in them. So I think we went, we've been through something similar. Not you and I weren't alive, but you know, after world war two or during world war, not saying this is world war two, but we had high level, huge high levels of debt inflation. Um, so, you know, war, (laughs) yep. Post-war. There's been some ugly times in the past and, uh, we've always gotten through and that's the train you're talking about. So jump on choo choo. (laughs) All right, my friends. I hope you learned something today. The biggest, the biggest thought I have is, is just relax. Yeah. Stay the course. We'll take care of things for you. Okay. With that, until next time, bye now. This is a purely public broadcast and is not intended to be personalized financial advice for any individual's specific situation. Each individual's financial situation is unique, and the topics discussed on this broadcast should not be relied upon and or considered as personalized advice. Specific financial securities discussed are not intended to address any listener's particular financial situation and should not be considered recommendations. This is for educational purposes only. For more information, please contact Iron Gate Global Advisors at info at or by calling 888 888- 5910334